Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for 2022. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. So, um, anything interesting happen in your winter break? Yeah, yeah. I got the greatest gift of all time, Brian. Mm-hmm. I got a stroke. <laughs> I know. I, I, and you know what? We're going to tease that because I know Dave Bittner wants to be in on this discussion. So we're going to force people to listen to more of the show than they maybe normally would. <laughs> maybe more than they normally <laughs> would. Yes. Yes. Uh, so and other interesting things. Guess who's back? <laughs> COVID's back. <laughs> uh, we just announced here in Toronto, we're basically back in lockdown. Yeah, oh, really? Virtual you guys are going to do that? Virtual school for two weeks. Um, bars closed completely. No more indoor dining. No more gyms. No more events. Stores at half capacity. <laughs> you see, if you'd have just stayed here, we we have decided. Fuck it. I know we're doing whatever we want. You want you want to see the difference between real public health and uh, and the American uh, fuck it. You're on your own system. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are again uh two years on and nothing's changed well this is a little bit different you gotta you gotta admit that less less and less people are dying that's there are true. like forty thousand new cases over the weekend and two dead that's true. that's not that's the true. way it so, used to be uh, so. amongst the vaccinated uh it's it's pretty it, it really literally is pretty i mean yes there are breakthrough cases but they're basically just colds uh if you are vaccinated uh it, this is very much a pandemic of the unvaccinated right now and of course the unfortunate people that uh cannot get vaccinated for various reasons so yep 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 is what it is so mm-hmm uh, so in my, in my convalescence, Brian, I have, did you do uh, something relaxing that didn't upset you? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, there've been a lot of naps. We'll talk about that later, but, uh, I have been going down, you know, the ye oldie crypto hole again, uh, uh -huh. Yes, because it seems like, you know, it just feels like there's something in the air this mm -hmm. time that, uh, it, it might be a turning point. I know we've said that before and cue John Oliver and then we got him button. We got it this <laughs> time. <laughs> and I found this one. I love this. This is over from 99bitcoins.com. It's Bitcoins is dead. It declared 400 plus times. And it is a, an archive of Bitcoin obituaries, <laughs> uh, which I thought was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, they take it, it. They don't take it the way I take it. But well, the thing is, obviously, Bitcoin is still here and people are still doing it. What what I think that the, the sea change that has finally happened is, uh, and again, does this really matter anymore? Because what we've discovered over the past couple of years is that facts don't matter and learned people's opinions don't really matter anymore. But what is happening is learned people are coming out and saying, this stuff is bullshit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's See, that's that's what's in the air right now. Yeah. And uh, my new hero is this guy, Stephen Deal. He's a programmer out of London, and he puts things into perspective way better than we could. I mean, we just basically look at it and go, yeah, that's stupid. It's bullshit. It's not going to work. <laughs> he actually takes the time to use words. Right. And uh, he has a new post called The Case Against Crypto, mm -hmm. which I think really lays it out uh, in, into, uh, into a couple different uh, items here. First, it says the technology does not solve a real problem, which you know, kind of doesn't right now, unless, unless you're into ransomware, then it solves a very real problem. That's true. Uh, his other point is so-called cryptocurrencies aren't actually currencies and cannot fulfill the function of money. Uh, he still thinks that they're a, an unregulated security. 
which well, is uh, yes that, that's yeah, true kind of yeah. <laughs> and uh also the history of private money is one of repeated disasters that destroy public trust and he really breaks it down there uh which is really good and uh he, the, my favorite quote from the article is every crypto coin is just on a random walk to zero by a different path that is just some fucking poetry right there my friend that is poetry that is poetry he has another tweet that really kind of goes into something I was saying before about uh, crypto as a mental illness. He says, the way crypto hacks human psychology to make people believe absurdities is really quite clever. It's like a combination of the endowment effect combined with directed reasoning that leads people into really bizarre crackpot economics to paper over the inherent contradictions in it. <laughs> Which, basically, I just said you're crazy if you believe half the shit that you have to tell yourself to make it work in your head yeah you know it's real that's really true uh somebody else that's come out very much against nfts is brian eno now brian eno is of course a genius genius producer uh wrote a lot of the ambient music that we've talked about on the show in the past that's just really really good i mean amazing musician great thinker great producer and uh they asked him what he thought about nfts and crypto and all of that sort of stuff and he kind of got into the same uh case uh the same points that steven uh deal was making in, in that he's like these seem to be solutions to problems that don't even exist i i don't see what the problem was that these things are supposed to even be solving and the quote that i really liked about this is he basically just sees this as a money grab. I'm not sure what is being brought into the world that makes any difference to anything other than some strings of numbers moving about in some bank accounts. People I like and trust are convinced they're the best thing since life spread, so I wish I could have a more positive view. But right now, I mainly see hustlers looking for suckers. You know, and like I said before, I, I thought this was like kind of a mental illness. But now I just I really do think this might be the biggest grift in history. It's it looking that way. I mean, it really again, is. much like a lot of other things, what all yeah. I'm seeing is transfer of money from poor people to rich people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, I really don't think, you know, Bitcoin started out to be a grift. I think that these people really were trying to change the world. You know, the oldest story in the book, a bunch of a bunch of bright eyed computer nerds think they can change the world for the better. And it blows up in their face again. And again and again. I actually, I honestly feel exactly the same way about NFTs. I think the idea behind NFT is how do we take a digital asset and make it worth something to an artist? It's a good idea, but that's not how it's actually being used. Funny what happens when you put something out into the world. They don't use it the way that you thought they would. Exactly. You know, because NFTs basically are a receipt, a receipt to a link that could go away at any given time. And just the, yeah. Oh, my God. And I love this. Frederick Engels, uh, Friedrich Engels, a German uh, philosopher and many other things. He put it this way. The ends of the actions are intended, but the results which actually follow from these actions are not intended, or when they do seem to correspond to the end intended, they ultimately have consequences quite other than those intended. Or more succinctly put, the law of unintended consequences is a motherfucker. The thing I always love about the German philosophers is they're, they're never positive. No. <laughs> no, they're not. And uh, we've got a bunch of different articles in here that uh, I, I recommend people go check out. Uh, the future is not only useless, it's expensive from Dan Brooks over at Gawker. I read that, that was one. A, it was great. Oh, God, that was just a hilarious read. Hilarious. Um, and uh, this is another one that I, I really starting to see a, a quote unquote sea change. This is the Washington Post. In 2021, tech talked up the metaverse. One problem, it doesn't exist. Yeah. 
it doesn't exist yet. I mean, there are people out there that are, are buying properties in virtual worlds, none of which have been consolidated into any sort of metaverse. They're all just like these individual gardens that aren't going to be worth shit. Yep. Uh, it's insane. It's insane what's happening right now. People, <laughs> what's crazy to me is poor people, pe poor people apparently have too much money right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Well, I, you know, there's, you know, everybody quit their jobs because they didn't want to work anymore because they got a little extra money from the government. They think they can spin it on Dogecoin and AMC and whatever, you know, other crap that they read on Reddit and make a bunch of money. And Remember when the, the, gambling was illegal anywhere except for like Las Vegas <laughs> and Indian casinos? What we've done uh, is yeah. we basically turned the Internet into a giant speculation device. Yes, yes. And it is going to come home to roost. Mm -hmm. You know, when that music stops, when that music stops, a lot of people are going to get screwed. Mm -hmm. They're just really going to get screwed. And, you know, we've been saying it for years, but that's the thing. It's like, it just takes a little longer than we predict sometimes, you know, yeah. and especially my favorite thing to do right now is, uh, is just watch all of the uh, NFT scams that are going on. There's some great Twitter accounts that I follow now that just track how many people have had their their stuff stolen. And uh, my favorite one for the day was uh, some guys like, "Yeah, I stole your apes. What are you going to go do? What are you going to do? Go draw some cops?" <laughs> the Internet Police are now available as an NFT. The funny thing about it is, I don't think these kids think that they're stealing anything because they don't believe that the nfts are real even though there's real money attached to it in their you know in their crypto addled minds they see this as just fun but it's again a party. the the item itself is not what you buy when you buy an nft what you buy is the theoretical ability to say i own this item right but you know go ahead and try to sue somebody that's putting it on the t-shirt and selling it on ebay Good luck. But that comes from the original owner. They're not transferring copyright unless that's in the smart contract itself, that's, which it yes. generally is not, you know, uh, the, and, but uh, just the transfer of ownership side of things gets really dicey when it gets stolen. You know, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, how, do I go to the, which internet police do I go to? You know, seriously, who do I go complain to? Do I go to the FBI and say, somebody stole my cartoon? Yeah. Somebody stole and, my ape. And, when it comes down to it, yes, these things are valuable. You know, they are legit valuable right now, right now. So some people could go to jail for this. And I, they probably should. They should be going to jail. I would like to see some NFT court cases going on that people go to jail. I saw Jack Recider say that he knows about people that are going to jail in some of his tweets. So that's a good thing. Good. But, you know, I tell you what, Eminem gets his ape stolen. I guarantee somebody's going to jail because they're a celebrity and they have more power than you. And their money is more real than your fake money. That's right. So. You know, keep an eye on that one. Well, the thing is, they've got the real money to back up the pseudo money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, Matt Damon has jumped on the, the bandwagon. Matt Brian, we're Damon. going to take we're going to take a pause right here while you watch the new Crypto.com commercial that I linked in the show notes. Oh, God, do I have to? You must. You okay. must. Matt Damon. OK, that upset me in a lot of ways. Okay, why, Brian? Well, why did that off, upset you? Uh, uh, first off, mere mortals <laughs> just like you and me. My life is nothing like yours, Matt Damon. Um, no shit. <laughs> you and I are not comparable in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, you know, we're not in the same boat here. And uh, I, psychologically, it was really interesting and very smart of them to, com to completely just complete repeat of truth. 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 Because we know... None of this is true. It's all bullshit. So by repeatedly using the word truth, it's trying to psychologically trick us into thinking that this stuff is real and true when it's not. 
F you guys. And yeah. F you, Matt Damon. Would you need the money? Jesus Christ. I, seriously, apparently that, that born money has run out. I guess so. I just love the little disclaimer at the very end. That, you know, it's like cryptocurrency, blah, blah, blah. And it says, consider your risk appetite. I'm like, my my risk appetite? Is that appetite for destruction? You know? <laughs> should have I had don't... Axl Rose do the commercial. I know. That would have been much better. Actually, it would have been a good commercial for the Brave browser. That would have been. I, you know, I'm sure that uh, they're upset about that. Mm. Actually, I, I haven't I haven't opened Brave in a while. I wonder if it just plays automatically now <laughs> since they're all in all about the crypto. Oh, yeah. But Brian, consider your risk appetite for sure. I do. That's why I don't buy any of your silly coins. Yeah. And finally, Web3 is also getting uh, the shit kicked out of it, which is good. It's good because it's stupid. Uh, it's it's nothing yet. It's vaporware. It's all these kids talking about what can be, what will be, what should be. And I'm like, well, you know, in the old days, we just went and coded some stuff and we made it. it. Yeah. 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 The other articles I was seeing, and it's kind of the same sea change that we're seeing about all the stuff that we were just talking about. We're talking about Web3, which is they don't have any real solutions. They, there are problems with the internet, but all they can, all anybody says from Web3 is, well, we're just going to decentralize it. But that doesn't necessarily solve the problems. Right. It's just what you're saying is a solution, but it t tell me how it solves, and nobody can do that. Yes, and there's a great article by Wesley uh, Aptekar Castles. Uh, it's called Web3 is Centralized, and it breaks down how, yeah, it's it's still centralized. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. Yeah. Still centralized. <laughs> yeah, your decentralized solution is centralized. In the news. Well, Brian, the news has been kind of spotty because it's been the holidays, but I got a couple gems here that I wanted to share with you. Mm-hmm. San Francisco-based DoorDash is requiring engineers to deliver food, and they're furious. I would be. Yeah, I would not my job. Be. I'm an executive. I'm an introvert. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't own a car. I, I do hell? like this concept. I mean, it, it's nice. It, it, I like the idea of the fact that, you know, you work for the company. You should, you should, just like the CEO, should spend a day doing something or at least dipping his feet in or fingers in to, to see how the company actually runs. It's how small companies work, you know, all hands on deck when, when you need to. So why not? Exactly. I mean, DoorDash isn't a small company, but no. it is good for everybody to actually know what it's like to be out in the field. What what should actually happen is DoorDash should actually uh, have half their money taken away from them, just like the restaurants they're supposedly servicing. Let's see how that feels. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Well, Uber wants to end around that whole thing because they said they're going to have driverless food deliveries in California starting this year. Uh, in 20 years, they'll they'll do that. I think that we've established this many, many times. I know, I know. It says 2022, but uh, that's a typo. Bad math, bad math. And they're going to be starting, though, in your old neck of the woods, Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. You got out just in time. Well, there's already a little robot that goes around and delivering, and I expect there'll be more of those. But then I've also seen kids take their skateboards and beat the crap out of them. So good luck with that. Yeah, I saw those uh, when we went and got ramen the last time I saw mm -hmm. you. Long, yeah. long ago. <laughs> In a pen, in in a stage of the pandemic, far far away. Yeah. Well, I'd imagine it's going to be something like that. It's obviously not going to be a self driving Uber. It's just going to be some little tiny box robot that's going to roll down the street and deliver your burger thirty five minutes after you've ordered it. So good yeah. times with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they say that they uh, they partnered with a company called Motional, mm -hmm. uh, who has self driving vehicles, which 
Okay. They should be renamed sure. Notional, because maybe it'll happen someday. And uh, sticking with the self-driving theme, autonomous car developers lobby to defang safety regulations. And this is from the LA Times. And corporations going to corporate is all I'm going to say. They say they want transparency, but not that much transparency. Not transparency that shows our stuff doesn't work. Uh, some of the big things that they're, they're, they don't really want to do is uh, they don't want to do these monthly reports because there's so much data that they, you know, they say it's going to cost too much money and take too much time. Mm -hmm. They also say that uh, they have to file reports every time an autonomous vehicle is towed away from the scene of an accident. Now, uh, their case in point here is that every time that there's any kind of accident, be it a small fender bender or anything, the standard operating procedure is to tow the car away so they can check it and check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and the regulators are saying, and what's your point? We would kind of like to know this. Yes. We would like to know every time something happens to your car. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that, uh, well, sometimes people rear end us and then then we have to trigger that and write a report. Well, and, and, and of course, the companies are saying, well, that's not relevant because we were rear-ended. Well, that's not necessarily true right. because if your car is behaving badly, you know, yes, rear-enders are the fault of the person that hits you. But if this is becoming a common occurrence, we would like to know why it's becoming a common yes. occurrence. Yes. Is the autonomous car in front of me all of a sudden breaking from 40 to 20 for no swerving reason? Swerving lanes. Yeah. Yes. Or swerving lanes into the wrong lane and stopping, you know, doing what was it? Uh, swooping stops. Yep. It's possible, you know, until they ran the numbers on traffic light cameras, everybody thought they were a great idea until they found out, oh, no, we looked at the numbers and they're actually causing more accidents than they prevent. The numbers are bad. The numbers are bad. Yes. So. Yeah. And uh, going on with the news uh, that I gave earlier about uh, Toronto going back into lockdown, that's not the only place that's having issues. Uh, companies are, of course, now de delaying their returns to office. Uh, Apple is now for the fourth time. Uh, adjusted its return to office plans. People were supposed to start uh, beginning hybrid schedules in February. Uh, that is gone um, completely. There's no date that's been announced. A bunch of other companies, Lyft, Uber, Google Parent, Alphabet, have also pushed back office returns uh, with the latter two setting no, no new target date at all. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of that, I think, as uh, basically we're just going to get bitch slapped in the next two months. So we'll see what happens. I think, yeah, and they need to just stop this. This, this whole stop return to work thing. Dates. Just well, stop. and just stop, just stop requiring people to come back to the office. It's over, guys. It's it's over forever. <laughs> you need to you need to work on a hybrid solution that is going to last. Well, they're not even forever. doing hybrid. That's the thing. But yeah, back to work full time unless you absolutely have to be, unless you're working on you know basically manual labor or or you know doctors or you know people that actually have to physically see and do things is done. Uh, if you're yeah. an information worker, it's hybrid from here on out. That's yep. just the that's, new world. I mean, yeah. Yeah, get used to it. Seriously, mm -hmm. just get used to it. Yep. Sorry, sorry you built the spaceship, but you know, <laughs> them's the breaks. And dude. the you know, there's always going to be people that do want to go back to work. Uh, people with kids yeah. and people that uh, don't have a good setup for a home office because you know they live in San Francisco and live in a box. There's always going to be situations where people will want to go back to work. But the idea that the entire workforce is going to go back—that's just over, over and done. People, stick a fork in yep. it. And uh, I put this in the news because I do like to point out when I'm wrong. And I was wrong about something for many, many years on this podcast. I kept screaming that data caps were coming, that uh, they're pushing us all into streaming and then they're going to fuck us uh, because they'll hit data caps and they'll put in, you know, plans where you can only do so much and you're just going to have to pay a bunch. That seems to have not really ever happened. And even Comcast, which was going to announce it in the U.S. Northeast, basically just said, eh, we're not going to do it. 
no data caps yep. for you. You get your you get your thing now. Of course, there's there's all the things that are happening where they they cap us <laughs> to some degree by they slowing us down and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the but the big charges that I was convinced were going to come into play are just not going to come into play. And and the reason being is that you've kind of figured out it's not that expensive to just let people use as much bandwidth as they want. Yeah, I mean we've had we've had the uh, you know the test for the yep. past two years, mm-hmm. so. They've seen how it works, and if it doesn't cost them too much, and they can get some amount of goodwill because they need as much as they can get. Oh, yes, they do, because let's face <laughs> it, they're all still running monopolies. Yep, yep. And Spectrum here in L.A., you know, they, we still don't have data caps, but that is mandated by the FCC because of the merger that they did. They, oh, they don't want it. They say they don't want it. They're trying to, to get them broken, but, you know, maybe by the time that rolls around, they'll actually come to their senses and say, yeah, we're okay. Yeah, I think so. I <laughs> what think so. That not, seems to be but... the case, so... We'll find other ways to screw you out of your money. Uh, AT&T and Verizon have settled their FCC 9-11 outage uh, investigations. Uh, I guess they just kind of went down. Not good for 911, and uh, they're being charged an awful lot for it and basically uh, getting the finger wag of shame saying, can you please make sure that 911 calls work? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, I guess. Here, here's, here's some money. <laughs> guess we won't have donuts today. Yeah. <laughs> And this is a new one. Verizon and AT&T declined regulators request to delay new 5G services. So this just came out. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the FAA asked them, say, hey, can you guys just knock this off for just two more weeks? And, you know, we're still just kind of figuring this out. And AT&T and Verizon said, no, absolutely not. You know, we gave you guys two years to upgrade your shit and we're just not going to do it. And I'm not okay. sure how I feel about this. <laughs> I don't either. As I fly a lot, uh, or at least I certainly used to, um, not great feeling. I, I would like the I would like the FAA to sign off on this. Having said that, however, the FAA is also known that our old cell phones did absolutely nothing to planes for the last fifteen years and uh, still force us to go into airplane mode. I know. Yeah. It's, okay. So I, I, this is kind of like you know maybe they just know that it doesn't do shit and they're just tired of dealing with it and they want to roll their new stuff out. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and this just in, the CDC says you only have to take off one shoe when getting on a plane. The single best thing about all of this <laughs> has been the CDC meme that's been going on recently. I know. <laughs> the I CDC know. says you can now wipe from front to back. <laughs> no, wait, back to front. Uh, Whichever way you're supposed to do it. Whichever. Uh, I, I do got to say, though, I, I had to unfortunately upgrade my AT&T plan. So I got the swanky new 5G mm-hmm. for my phone. Mm-hmm. It is faster than my my broadband at my house now. Yeah, that's what people are saying. So it's it's really shaming the broadband people. <laughs> it's just like, why even have it anymore? Yeah, I know. I'll just tether my phone to my laptop from now on. Yeah, but you go over those caps, you're screwed. That's true. Yeah. Even though I bought the quote unquote unlimited plan, I would like it to work at more than 28.8 after I download a couple, you know, a couple games. It should play the old uh, modem sound when it switches over. That would be great. <laughs> it should. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. 
Mood's latest introduction, the THCA Flower, is a game-changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the Creative Strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com code GOG. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. 
If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners by using our link, gog.show slash VPN. You can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month. And four extra months for free, which means only one buck ninety-eight cents a month, and up to eighty-three percent off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's thirty-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for thirty days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show/vpn and try out the best VPN on the planet, completely risk-free. That's gog.show/vpn. Media candy. So we've had a big break and watched a lot of stuff. Uh, the Witcher is out. I have not watched it yet, but everybody I know is saying it's great and they're really enjoying it. And uh, there is a surprise teaser for a prequel that's coming, The Witcher Blood Origin, which will be out in 2022 as well. So that uh, ended up being, uh, I guess the trailer was attached to the final episode of the season of this season as a post credit scene. So we got that to look forward to. I'm looking forward to watching it, but uh, like I said, I just haven't yet. Uh, I did finish The Wheel of Time, at least the first season. A um, couple thoughts on that one. Uh, I've come around to the conclusion that it's basically uh, Lord of the Rings done by the Lifetime Network. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I liked the show. I was a little disappointed. And again, I haven't read the books. So, of course, it was going to be this way because it's based on books. But you had such a multiracial, multinational cast. And, of course, you make the main character, the, 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 the guy of intrigue, the white guy. Really? Of course. It's 2022, people. We're sick of us. Sick of us white guys. Why does it have to be the white guy when you had all these other interesting characters? Anyways, that that is what it is. I'm looking forward to season two. It, it's good. It's good enough. Well, I watched The Grand Tour Presents Carnage à Trois. I watched it which as well. Was, what'd you think? It was fine. I, I get the feeling their hearts aren't even in it anymore, much less ours as viewers. It was better I than know. the last few, but... I thought it was too. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Yeah, like some, like the one with the the island that they blew up. I, I actively hated that one. Yeah, so. it, it was okay. I, if they keep this kind of the, like focused journey kind of thing together, okay, I'll continue to watch them. But I, I do get the feeling that they're running out of steam doing these. I think they're running out of steam, and I also think that uh, Amazon is kind of running out of steam with them too. Yeah, because I hang on, yes. Fucking dogs everywhere. There we go. I think they're running out of steam with them because uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there was like no promotion. Yeah, hardly. On. I saw zero promotion. I found it by accident. So I don't know. Uh, there's there's a lot of things on Amazon I found by accident, though. I found Hannah season three on accident, right? even though it's been out for a while. It wrapped up the uh, the arc of that show nicely, I thought. I don't think there's going to be a season four. I did a little digging on it. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Hannah, the movie is like like her like origin story and the TV show on Amazon is kind of a, you know, a middle of the road retelling. And then there's another chapter of her life that we don't get. And I don't think they're going to make it right. with Amazon. So, but I got to say season one through three, I thoroughly enjoyed. Right. So People say good things about that show. I should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely worth it. Uh, I watched red notice mm-hmm. with uh, the rock and uh, wonder woman. And uh, what's that annoying guy that's in everything now? Uh, ryan reynolds there you go that's it yeah yeah i i'm really sick of ryan reynolds kind of getting sick of the rock too but uh uh, it was fun okay it was uh, it was stupid fun people who were like complaining about it saying that it was you know pointless and whatever i'm like yeah that's that style of movie right if the rock's in it it's a pointless dumb movie so you know you should know what you're getting when you go into it and Mm -hmm. i was in the mood for that and it turned out uh to be decent i thought cool uh, Do you watch The Matrix Resurrections yet? I have not because I want to be able to sit down and watch it in one full go. And I have not had uh-huh. that big of a chunk of time to sit and watch an entire movie. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I see reactions are very split. But, oh, uh, very, very split. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I did watch it in, in two goes. Actually, I did stop it and catch it the, the next night. I stopped it before the big fight scene. And I thought it was. I Here's the thing. I went into this movie with the same expectations I went into Bill and Ted 3. Right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm like, I have seen The Matrix 2 and 3, you know? So there wasn't really a whole lot of stuff to go on. Right. So I thought it was, for what it was, perfect. Okay, good. Absolutely perfect. Good. Uh, But if you're expecting a lot, well, <laughs> right. Drink, drink more before okay. you watch. I'm, I'm not expecting much. I'm just hoping that they uh, wipe the memory of Matrix Two and Three from my mind. E- there's some cameos. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, I did watch Don't Look Up on Netflix. 
I tried to watch this last night because I saw that you put it in the show notes, and it is the uh, the viral movie of the moment that everybody's talking about. Yeah, it's terrible, though. It's horrible. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I get like, why they did it. I understand yeah. why everybody involved did it. I understand why the director did it. We have tried, going back to our earlier discussion in the show, we have tried science. We have tried facts. We have tried everything possible to get dumb people to, to believe that, uh, that, that we need to change our perspective on the world. Why not try a stupid, dumb movie to, to try to get them to do it? Yeah, I mean, this is just like, who's this movie made for? I have no idea. That's what I want to know. I, I, I have think no it's, idea who it's made for. I think it's made for, I think it's made for the MAGA crowd. Like, maybe we can get them with this. No, see, but that's not it. They, they, they're not going to get that. They're yeah. not going to understand it. They're going to, this isn't going to change anybody's mind. I guess you not. You know, idiocracy it's, was what this is like, kind this of like. This was an attempt at idiocracy and a modernized version of it. But they forgot the funny parts. Yes, they did. They, and th it this was movie way too was long. not funny. It was way too, it's just, I thought it was garbage. Yeah. I thought it was absolute garbage. But the funny but. thing is, right before the Christmas break, I started watching a new series, well, not a new series, an old series on Netflix called Salvation. Uh, it's a two-season series. It came out in 2018. It's the exact same plot, except not dumb. Okay. And not played for laughs. laughs. Like, it's got the it's got the kind of Elon Musk-esque, uh, you know, entrepreneur. It's got the government that's not buying anything. It's got intrigue, but it's not dumb. It's, it's like, kind of well done. I actually recommend the show. Ah, I tried to, but uh, it's only available in Canada right now. So. Oh, is it really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Fire up that VPN, Jason. I know all of your Netflix links now have Canada in them. So I know I'm too I, I lazy on to it switch like, back. <laughs> I can't. I can't see them. Uh, I did finish Hawkeye. How did you? Th what did? Uh, what did you think of the end of Hawkeye? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, I, you know, you know my feeling about the Marvel universe. Uh, I don't care about a lot of it, and I don't care about how interconnected it was as a standalone show. I enjoyed it. I thought the casting was great. Uh, the two female leads awesome together they should have their own show i just want to see them have dinner and bicker yeah it yeah. <laughs> was pretty good pretty good I, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it i thought it i thought it ended rather abruptly but yeah i was did. i didn't know it was only a six-parter i was expecting more and then it was over and i'm like oh that was quick well, then, okay had to get to christmas day <laughs> they got to christmas yeah. day that's true. That's true. Uh, speaking of some of the things that you were just mentioning earlier, re, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I, on the plane, there were very limited choices uh, this time around on my trips. Uh, so I ended up watching Free Guy, uh, which is the movie about he's a he's a non-speaking character or whatever in a, in NPC, a game. NPC, non-player non non character. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, would have been a good movie if it didn't have Ryan Reynolds, because I am so sick of Ryan Reynolds. You know, there's a lot of movies like that. Yeah. Yeah, if it wouldn't have been Ryan Reynolds as the main character, I probably would have actually quite enjoyed it. It was, it had clever moments. I just can't stand his smarmy face anymore. Okie doke. <laughs> and then I watched uh, Jungle Cruise, speaking of The Rock. Now, of course, I did not expect anything, and uh, it delivered. It gave nothing. It delivered nothing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only good thing about the whole movie, and this is only because I'm an old Disney local and I grew up going to Disneyland, is they actually worked in some of the cheesiest lines that the operators on the Jungle Cruise used to do. And I thought that was funny, but The Rock is okay. horrible. I mean, he's not horrible. He's The Rock. He's, he's The Rock being yeah. The Rock. And okay. it's a Disney action movie, and it sucked. Okay. And it's then funny, I, I actually, I did, speaking of Disney action movies, we actually, on, on New Year's Day, I wanted to do a Nicolas Cage-a-thon. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to do, uh, we do Con Air, The Rock, speaking of, not, not starring The Rock, yes. and uh, National Treasure, because mm -hmm. I've never seen National Treasure, so uh, since 
it takes us about seven hours to get through a two-hour movie. We just went with National Treasure, which I'd never seen. It was a fun movie. I actually enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it, I remember it's when just it came as, out. Yeah, yeah, it was stupid and fun, yeah. and I like Nicolas Cage. It was, it's kind of you know, it's the same movie as The Da Vinci Code, obviously, the yes. same fucking movie, but better. Yeah, because <laughs> I hated The Da Vinci Code, and I read the book, and that. I, if I was 13, that would have probably been the most amazing thing I'd ever read. But I was like 40 when I read it, so it didn't really work. Right. And, but uh, National Treasure worked. Okay, that's good. that's good. I watched one other movie, uh, a sci-fi movie called Voyagers that also, as far as I know, got zero publicity. I'd never heard of it uh, at all. It's it's relatively new. And it was not bad. I, I, okay. I can't really talk about it because if anybody wants to watch it and if I talk about it, it'll completely spoil it for you. So... If you see it floating around somewhere and you've got some time to kill, go for it. Yeah, I watched the trailer, which basically spoils it. So, oh, that's true. <laughs> you've I seen the trailer. Well, I didn't see the trailer because I just went straight into the movie on the plane. So, okay, yeah, I tried to find it because because there's another TV show from like the '80s called Voyagers, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's not talking about that one. <laughs> no, no, I remember that show too. Yeah, uh, I watched uh, South Park post COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, that was interesting. I tried. <laughs> I I think. I really enjoyed South Park 20 years ago. I think my, yeah. my dalliance with South Park is long gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. I mean, I, I made it through it and then, you know, it ends on a cliffhanger. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that, that was unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, but you could have wrapped that up. Yeah. I won't be sticking around for the rest of them, but everybody was like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm like, eh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of not sticking around, um, I don't know if you watched the last Star Trek Discovery episode before they nope. take their hiatus so Paramount can keep stringing us along with Star Trek so we don't cancel our subscriptions because now they're just going to run the kids one for a while and then bring Discovery back later. Yeah. So you didn't watch it? I, I told you I was done. Well, let, I, I stuck to it. Well, let me tell you something, Jason. <laughs> okay. And is, this will, is there going to be spoilers? There will be a big spoiler here. So uh, skip ahead if you haven't seen it yet and you're still somewhat intrigued by the show. I will not be coming back. Do you know how our biggest complaint, everybody's biggest complaint about Star Trek's Discovery so far is it's all just about their feelings and they have like no ability to actually be adults. And all they do is talk about their feelings and how they feel about stuff. Yes, it's all about the feels. Well, now the Star Trek Discovery uh, itself is an AI that has feelings. You got to be fucking kidding me. And is and the ship was almost incapable of doing something because we had to work through the ship's fucking feelings. The ship, Jason, the ship. not just the crew anymore. Now the ship is incapable of being a ship until we talk about its fucking feelings. Oh, my God. I almost great. died laughing. I was going to call you. <laughs> I was like, now the ship needs a therapist. Oh, my God. Somebody called BetterHelp. Like, they fucking ignored <laughs> everything that everybody's saying online about the show, and they doubled down. They said, fuck it. Fuck it. You, th you think it's all about the feelings, and that's too much, and these people need to get on with actually doing their job? We're going to let the ship melt down now. I, 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 I have no words. I don't. It was so bad. Ups and doodads. Brian, as as I was diving into the web three, I found I found a new website <laughs> called Twetch. It right. is called Twetch. It is the decentralized social network where you own your data and earn money for your content. All of this has On happened before, and all of this <laughs> will fail again. 
On Twitch, interactions are micropayments. All of your content on Twitch is signed by you and stored on the blockchain, so it's always accessible to you. Mm -hmm. What if you could message someone without ever having to give the information you write to a third party like Twitter or Facebook? Now you can just put it in a blockchain. If your messages were completely private and only accessible to those you give permission, your data would truly be yours. Introducing Twitch Chat, fully encrypted messaging using Bitcoin, AES and ECIES, featuring in-app peer-to-peer payments and group chat support. No thanks. Yes, and and they have friend to friend is oh, yeah. their trademark. So you can have a system. friend or a frenemy. Could yeah, be either. Yeah, it's 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 bad yeah. it's really bad this is yeah if this is the future of web 3 just i'm done i'm just gonna go back to books i'm going back to books forget it yeah. <laughs> oh man but since i did get that uh swanky new iphone 13 pro a while back mm-hmm. i've been digging into some of the uh the apps that uh, are not these stock apps um halide is in a basically a photo app Right. That gives you a lot more control over the camera in the phone and it can save raw files, which is really nice if you want to do any real editing and things like that. So eventually um, this is the next app that will be uh, completely out of business as soon as Apple builds it into their own product. It's been around for a while. I don't think they're going to build it in because, you know, Apple likes to idiot, you yeah, know, I was going to say idiot proof things, but uh, they think, yeah, they, they do idiot proof them. Um so it's it's nice. It's it's actually a, a nice little app. I prefer using that over the regular app. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of features in it. It's not that expensive. Definitely worth checking out. Um, and I went back to using Filmic Pro to mm-hmm. do videos because it's really good. Yeah, I've used um, that before. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. And now they've got a creator bundle because they've got a bunch of different apps. They've got four separate apps mm-hmm. that let you do um, a bunch of different things. One is uh, the one that I really think is cool is uh, the dual cameras. So you can film both views you can Mm -hmm. film at the front of the phone and the back of the phone at the same time right so if you're like you know doing kind of uh like a how-to video you can you can see you and the thing that you're describing at the same time it's pretty cool um they've got a photo app which i don't care that much about but they've also got um a remote control app so if you want to put filmic on a tripod and not have to sit there and uh, you know, press the buttons. You can actually be remote, and I think you can run up multiple cameras on it too, or multiple phones on it, right? Over Bluetooth, which is pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a really nice feature. The whole thing, uh, if you buy them all together, it can be a little expensive. But they've got a creator bundle, which you can save a bunch of money on. So, I just, I, and also the nice thing on Apple now is if you've got a couple of things in the bundle, they'll let you just top off the bundle and get the rest of them, cool. which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been digging into my uh, DJI Osmo Pocket Two as well lately because mm-hmm. I, I need things to trust me the stroke thing is weird it's yep. really weird and uh, just learning how to use it because i've had it for a while and uh, playing around with that the video is actually better i think than my iphone mm-hmm. so and it's cool because it just fits in your pocket it's one of those one use things you pop it out but the gimbal's really cool um i can't really go anywhere or do anything right now so it's just I'm I'm getting the hang of the tools again, like playing with my cameras and getting the the feel. It's also good to do things with my hands, right? To kind of teach my brain how to work again. Get that hand eye um, coordination going. Yep. Well, my hand by eye, you mean single eyes? I've only got one eye. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's fun uh, checking these things out. But the Osmo Pocket Two is it's a really cool little device. I I really like that for video, and it does uh, I think 4K 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the built-in mic's okay, but you can put on an external mic if you want. It's got another uh, like accessory kit where you can actually have a remote mic that you can wear, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. 
So it's, it's a neat little device for the money. It's only a couple hundred bucks. Pretty neat. Uh, but uh, in the world of apps and smart homes, these next two just really, really made me chuckle. Uh, this one uh, comes from the Washington Post. Your cat could burn your house down, Korea fi- Korean officials warn after 107 fires wow. sparked by felines. That's crazy. That's right. 107 fires that cats turn, uh, turned on basically because of the uh, the touch controls on people's stoves and ovens that they have in their homes. Right. So un- unfortunately, uh, out of all these incidents, only four people were injured, but most of the time the pets did not survive. Uh, so so uh, basically, catatouille? Wow. <laughs> well, if you're going to have catatouille, you need something to serve it in. So I would recommend you serve your catatouille in a catalyte dish. Well, you've which... been working hard this break. Oh, no. Well, Cat Tattoo is mine, but Catalyte Dish comes from futurism because Elon Musk's Starlink Internet dishes are attracting cats. I saw the pictures of this. It's so cute. Yeah, it is so cute. It is so cute. You know, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, okay, so we could probably figure this out for the stoves. And I'm I'm curious why, you know, Starlink hasn't figured this out because I don't see a lot of cats hanging around in my direct TV satellites in the neighborhood. Well, you are in but Southern California. That's true. That's true. But I, I had, I had direct TV up North when I was in Chicago. It still didn't, still wasn't a problem, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to say, let's face it. Programmers really have never been very good at pussy detection. So I can see why they haven't figured this problem out. Very good. You earned your money this week. At the library. Brian, I finished a fan fiction, a mem noir, inspired by true events by Brett Spiner. Mm-hmm. Brent How, Spiner, I should how say. was it? It was good. It was okay. good. Cool. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was going to be much more enjoyable because uh, there's a lot of next-gen cast members, and he got them all to actually do their voices for the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out they don't play a huge part in the story. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think Jonathan Frakes and LeVar Burton spend the most time in the story, and they're very funny. <laughs> They are very funny, so that part was worth it. But the story itself wasn't bad. I got to cool. say, it was it was a, it was a good little book. All it right. was good. Um, and we've talked many times about the Laundry Files, mm-hmm. all ten of them so mm-hmm. far. Yep, I think we have reviewed all ten of them yes. on the show, and we have been like, oh, why why is he still going with this? It's like, where's Bob? Yep. Bring back Bob. Well, we've got two more books coming, so no yeah. Bob, to, no Bob in sight. I got the notification about Quantum of Nightmares, which is January eleventh. Um, yep. So we'll see. Yep. I, I still have the Neil Stevenson book that I'm working through right now. So I got to finish. Yeah, that me first. too. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm working through it. <laughs> it's slow going, slow going. And we've got uh, Laundry Files book 12 coming uh, March 1st. So he's just cranking those things out. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't like the last one. We'll see. No, didn't like the last few. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess the last one that had like Bob is kind of a main character was good, but yeah. It's been a They're while. They're okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. And uh, John Scalzi has a new book out called The Kaiju Preservation Society. Well, it drops on March 15th. Okay. So I'll check gotta, that one out. I got to start reading then. I got to catch up before these new books come out. Yeah, definitely. That uh, that Neil Stevenson one is a long one. Mm-hmm. And uh, since uh, it is uh, January, we're now into January of 2022, uh, Public Domain Day was on the 1st. We got a good one this year. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. So a bunch of works from 1926 
are now open and uh, some uh, sound recordings from before 1923, about 400,000 of them, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know where to find them. I got to dig into that. But uh, some of the books that uh, dropped into public domain are pretty interesting. The Sun Also Rises from Ernest Hemingway. The big one, though, is Winnie the Pooh. Yes, that is pretty crazy. So. Yep. And Bambi. Yeah. The original Bambi the original in, Bambi. in the original German, mm-hmm. which is not a very fun book. <laughs> I don't know if you know much about the life and times of the original Bambi. Not a very happy story. Everybody dies and it all means nothing. Pretty much. Yep. It is a very so nihilistic, German. <laughs> very nihilistic German story. Yes. And uh, also the murder of Roger Ackroyd from Agatha Christie. So those are going to be popping out. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff there. There's a link to uh, a big list over at uh, Duke. So check that out if you want to go... Uh, Make Grab your own some. versions of the, of the book. Yeah, exactly. You can you can now do your own audiobook of Winnie the Pooh or make it an NFT if you want. Yeah, why not? Security? Ha! Dave Bittner is back. Dave is the host of the Cyberware podcast, co-host of the Social Engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And finally, he's the co-host of Recorded Future, where he takes you inside the world of cyber threat intelligence. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, yes, bring me up yes, to Jason. date. We, we teased it at the <laughs> beginning of the show. So this is, this is now, uh, we kept people waiting this long. I want to hear everything. Well, you're not going to hear everything because uh, <laughs> still got a little PTSD around the whole thing. So, gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, mopping the floor, felt like I got shot in the head, and oh. uh, had to sit down for like 45 minutes. Drank like a gallon of water. Thought I'm dehydrated. No biggie. And um, went about my day. Kind of, kind of got back to normal. But I was feeling off most of the day. And you know, my roommate's like, "Yeah, you kind of look like shit today." I'm like, "Yeah, well, it's it's a." Sunday. What do you want? <laughs> exactly. I tend to tend to look this way. And then in uh, about eleven o'clock at night, it happened again. And at that point, uh, everything went numb. I couldn't swallow right. Um, hmm. My face kind of went numb. My arms went numb. It was just it was really bizarre. But what I didn't really notice, and I, and I just like kind of passed it off. It's like, oh, this must be one fun new type of migraine I'm having. Hmm. And. Uh, kind of went through the night it was it was a little disconcerting uh the the inability to swallow half the time and things like that and i was just you know kind of like uh oh, what the fuck but fell asleep um then I, when i got up in the morning because my room was i was in my room and it was dark already but i so I, when i got up in the morning and i walked up or turned the lights on yeah the room was not the way it should be so mm-hmm. basically i i developed what they call diplopia where my eyes point in different directions now Thanks to the stroke that I had in my medulla oblongata. Wow. And uh, I love basically, that band. Yeah. Fuck that band. <laughs> that band sucks. Uh, so I, I, I kind of hobbled to the door because my roommate was getting up. And it was time to feed the dogs. I'm like, hey, can you feed the dogs? And uh, I'm going to get some stuff together. And then you're taking me to the hospital because I think I had a stroke. Wow. And turns out I was correct. Took him a day in change to figure it out. Um, they did all the tests on me, did the CT scan, came back negative, had to wait all day because there was, uh, one of the, uh, I guess MRI operators, uh, got the Rona. So there was only one guy running the shop that day. So it was backed up. They got me in about eight that night. And, uh, by 10 o'clock, the results came back and they were negative. I'm like, okay, then what the hell's going on? 
So in the morning, I got I got visited by the the ghosts of neurologists past. Um, multiple doctors came in, and the first doctor that saw me was just like, "Okay, look at me. Look here. Look there. Okay, call radiology." He had a stroke. Have him go find it, and uh, they went back and they did find it. So wow, they, they missed it on the first pass. But he's just like, "Yeah, you had a stroke." And then the neurologist came and told me, "You had a stroke." You know, here's the picture. And here's the funny part. So they 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 roll in this this you know old Israeli guy, super cool, super nice, um, comes in to show me uh, the the uh, the MRI, and he's got his little assistant with him, and he's you know trying to chat me up and be all friendly. He's like, "So what do you do?" I'm like, "I'm a podcaster." He's like, "Uh huh." Oh, who's a what's it? And he looked, <laughs> turned to his assistant and she's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what it is. <laughs> right, she rolls her eyes. <laughs> uh, um, but Who they showed isn't? it to me. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You and half this hospital. Um, so yeah, they showed it to me. And then I tried to take a picture of it. Like I grabbed my, can I take a picture of that? He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, almost slapped the phone out of my hand. He's like, HIPAA. I'm like, but it's my head. <laughs> <laughs> like that's my yeah. brain. Can I take a picture of my brain? He's like, no, sorry, dims the rules. Uh, you can get a copy of it when you leave, but you can't have this one. So huh. I have no, I have no photo yet. And getting the, uh, actually getting the scan is a bit of a process. So I have to, I have to mail things. Fortunately, I don't have to fax them. But at some point, I'll get a copy of it and uh, send it to you guys. But um, cool, show art. Once they, once they figured it out, they're like, okay. GTFO, we're done. Packed right. me up and sent me on my merry way because there's nothing hmm. to be done. I did meet with a couple of physical therapists, uh, a vertigo specialist, a occupational therapist while I was there. The occupational therapist was the coolest guy in the place. He was the smartest one out of mm -hmm. uh, all of the therapists that I met. And uh, he's and he like kind of took me aside. He's like, hey, the stuff that I'm telling you is the real deal. Uh, these physical therapy guys, if they tell you to do stuff and you don't want to do it, just don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And little, uh, little therapy rivalry there. Totally. <laughs> completely. I was like, well, this is new. <laughs> just odd inner office uh, yeah. you know, little thing going you got going on here. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they sent me home and I was home by Wednesday night and uh, I've just been recovering since a lot right there's been there's been a lot of napping involved <laughs> i will say that and uh eye patches i am a pirate and uh, yeah i was gonna say i've been noticing your uh your you've been posting pictures with your sexy eye patches so do you yeah. switch switch eye from time to time or how does that work yeah yeah i try to as much as possible um because my left eye is the the janky one uh, the right one's my it's, the right one's my normal dominant eye, so it's mm -hmm. not too too bad. So you know, with glasses, I can see sorta, but uh, I go back and forth to try and keep it keep it up. Uh, basically, nobody has any answers on if or when it's going to come back. There's right. some very basic exercises I can do, but at this point, uh, everybody's saying between three and nine months, your vision might come back. Hmm. So. I have yeah. a friend who had something like this happen to him. And, of course, the thing you want when you're in a situation like this is uh, an anecdotal story. Um, but uh, he had a similar thing to this, and he ended up getting um, a special set of glasses. Prism glasses. Yeah, yes. like because his eyes, you know, like they and they just helped, I guess, get his eyes close enough together that then the brain could go, oh, 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 got it, got it, got it. You know, and, and that's. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can twist my regular glasses to the point where it gets close. Uh-huh. But I can't wear them like that. And I I'd rather not do anything like that. Actually, I, when I can I wear contacts. Mm. Um and and take take both of them off because that way there's less distortion because my glasses have distortion inherently built into it. And I'm trying to get my brain to relearn how to see and put those images back together. They're too far apart right now. So hmm. And they're vert- it's completely vertical. Like if you look at my eyes, my left eye is down like maybe, a, you know, less than an eighth of an inch, I think. But that's mm-hmm. enough to completely screw your vision and your brain up. Because I got 50 years of my brain going, ah, that eye is supposed to be over here. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not anymore. But yeah, prism glasses are, are a thing. So hopefully I won't need them and hopefully it'll come back. But I got to say, as far as strokes go, I won the stroke lottery, you know? <laughs> I did. I'm not, well, I'm not dead, which is a plus. Right. right. Uh, um, and I've talked to, speaking of anecdotal stories, I've talked to a lot of people who have anecdotal stories where it's taken them, you know, years of rehabilitation and therapy to get back. And, you know, I got, I got lucky. So now is this, do they consider this a stroke warning shot? Does this, put no, you this is on a stroke. A, I had a stroke. No, 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 but I mean, <laughs> but I mean like, you know, like, like, like California with your little tremors, like is, does this mean that you have to be on the, you have to be mindful that there are circumstances that could lead to the big one? Like, do you have to keep an eye on your blood pressure or things like, you know, oh, all those 110%. All those yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah. No. Cause, um, I had an ischemic stroke, which is or ischemic stroke, which uh-huh. is basically a clot that, that you know, um, uh, made the blood vessels expand. So they're weaker now. So I right. am, so I had, I take Lipitor and aspirin every day. And that Apple uh, watch is finally useful. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Money. Well, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. Like it's actually <laughs> no. like now, now all those features that you paid for just to have a fancy watch are actually kind of useful. Oh yeah. Yeah. No fall detection is definitely turned on. Um, you know, uh, emergency calling is right at my wrist because, um, I, when I first, when it first happened to me, the world was turning sideways because my brain did not know what the hell was going on with the, the, with anything. So I couldn't stand up straight. It w- I would get up and fall immediately. It felt like hmm. I had like two gravities on the left side of my body at all times pulling me that way. Right. And the world was spinning clockwise by a quarter turn every second. It was bad. So, so is it but, like a like a you're drunk kind of room spinning kind of thing, or different yes, from that? Except okay. not fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the that's the really weird part. I haven't had a drink in two weeks, but by the time I go to bed at night, I still feel drunk because I, you know my brain doesn't work. Everything's tired. I'm tired, and yeah. the world spins. But uh, think of all the money you'll save. Oh, so much money, so much money. <laughs> it's all going to Kaiser though, because that's yeah. not going to be a cheap bill. No, but, no, it is not. No. So yeah, it's uh GOG.show slash donate everyone. <laughs> pretty please. It's been mm. uh it's been an interesting thing. So this is the the first time I've really talked about it and probably will be the last because uh it's still yeah. you know, when that thing happens, it it, it I'm in the place where it happened right. all the time. So it feels like it's gonna happen again at any moment. So any little pain in my in my eyes, it's just like, you know, I gotta stop, calm down. Right. CBD feels GOG.show slash feels or feels.com <laughs> slash GOG, please. It has been satisfied customer. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I stocked up on their new mints before this thing happened. The only thing that I would say is uh, I wish I had taken with me to the hospital. Hmm. That would have been good. Um, but ever since then, yes, they have been my go-to for sure. Uh, oh, one other note that I would, I would say to anybody when you're going to go to the hospital, 
And I, I set this up now after I got back and I've been bumbling around my room. I now have a hospital go bag mm. that's ready to go at any, if I have to go back, that I can just grab and go. Because fortunately, I had enough time before I left to put a bunch of stuff in my pockets that turned out to be incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. First off, cell phone charger. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. a cell phone charger. Kleenex. Lots of Kleenex. Because they charge the Kleenex, a lot for that. Well, they did probably, but it sucks at the hospital. It's like, you know, it's a a dollar a sheet. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I hate to see what my TV bill is. Uh, Yeah. um, And uh, anything to keep your uh, throat clear, like uh, cough drops. I have those uh, Hall's defense things like vitamin C things just to keep your mouth wet. Because sometimes it's really hard just to get a glass of water or anything like that because they don't want you to be drinking water. But you can have a you can have a cough drop. So that's the end around. So little things like that. So when it's time to go to the hospital, you just, you know, you grab that and go or just keep it in the car or, you know, it wouldn't have helped in my car because my roommate had to drive me. So, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where it's like, it's nice to have that like prepared. I just knew that after she went to the hospital like a year ago for vertigo, I'm like, oh, I remembered all the things that I had to bring. And I'm like, let me just grab those now and throw them in my pocket. Right. I, I've only had a hospital go bag once in my entire life, and that's when my wife was, you know, eight and a half months pregnant. But uh, yeah. it's not not a bad idea. Same. Yeah. yeah, same. Yep. So. So have you have you laid hands on keyboard? Like, can you can you can you dead eye it with one eye and, and do things? Are you easing yourself back in? Have you been taking what's your What's your process been so far for trying to, you know, I don't know, normalize your life? Or are you just taking it real slow? Well, I was saying I've been taking it real slow, but I can work for about two, three hours a day. So okay. I'm doing doing this show. I edited the first half of the first part already. Yep. But I take breaks, take lots of breaks. Um, I can type, which is good. It's hard. Uh, I make a lot of typos, but mm-hmm. um, that's why we have modern computers, you know. <laughs> Because everything's right. off axis in trying to type, you know, switch eyes and things like that. But uh, when I switch eyes, it's like I can't, I got to sit down for half an hour because I, the world has to readjust. Right, you know? right. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm used to spinning this way. Hey, let's go that way, you know. Hmm. So all in all, it's been, it's been uh, interesting, you know. Besides, uh, besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, the only person well, I can think of that feels as bad as you is Boba Fett coming out of that Sarlacc pit. Yeah. <laughs> was, oh, How's Mr. that transition. for a transition? <laughs> Nicely done. Well, before, before we go there, let me add one little thing and another uh, thing it reminds me of, just um, not directly, but uh, back when I was a TV cameraman and I was shooting a lot of sports, I used to sit at the baseline of a basketball um, court, uh, let's see, you know, I'd be the person who sat under the basket and I got to the point where, you know, you had one eye in the viewfinder of a, so this is a big, like broadcast beta cam rig, mm-hmm. 20 pounds on your shoulder. Um, but you, you, then I could keep the other eye open to just keep an eye on everything around me mm-hmm. because you got all these athletes and, you know, you don't want to get hit. Um, and I got to the point where I could switch in my head from eye to eye between the viewfinder and what was going on around me. But the weird thing was when I take my eye out of the viewfinder, my eyes were color balanced differently. Yeah. White balanced differently. Right. So one, 
right? So one because the viewfinder back then it was they were black and white, and mm-hmm. so it was everything was blue, you know. And so it, it was so you, I, I remember standing there and I'd, I'd like like open one eye, open the other, I open the other, open the, and the, the colors would shift because they'd been you know desensitized, and um, it just reminds me of kind of what you're going through with your eye patch, you know? Yeah, I totally noticed that when I take off my eye patch and it has to readjust. Mm-hmm. Um, my left eye is, is, you know, because your eyes are usually shifted blue and red, you know, that's how the 3d glasses work and things like that. Right. But when I take this eye patch off, my left eye is really red. Everything is very, uh, you know, hue shifted to red. It's really strange, hmm. really strange. And even if I take, keep it off for a while, it kind of stays that way now. So I don't know if it's just damaged in some way or, well, it is damaged. <laughs> My whole head's damaged, but... Oh, and I do got to say thank you, Dave, and to the crew at the CyberWire for the lovely basket you sent me. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Hopefully, was it full of meat and cheese? It was that I can't eat, but my roommate (laughs) uh, had a great time with it. (laughs) Why can't you can't eat it, really? Uh, Yeah, you got to go to stroke.org and look at the uh, the, the dietary restrictions. restrictions. I didn't think about that. You know, it was like... I sent him a nice <laughs> bottle of scotch. Yeah. There you go. The cat's out of the bag. We're both trying to kill you, Jason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I was talking with Jen, who I work with uh, at CyberWire, and, and, and we were like, well, what should we send him? I said, what should you send him? Send him something manly. Send him meat and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send him flowers. You know. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Well, at least your roommate will be. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did try the hungry. cheese. I did try the cheese, though. It was delicious. Oh, good. Good. Well, <laughs> I can have I'm little glad bits you got it. There. We were all all of us here were thinking about you and worried for you and happy that it wasn't worse than it was and wishing you a speedy recovery. Uh, much appreciated. Much appreciated. So, now, how about Boba that Boba Fett? Fett? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, were you able to enjoy it with one eye, Jason? I don't think I don't think uh, the number of eyes that I had would would change the enjoyment <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Not a fan. Uh, well, you know, I'll go first. Um, I thought it was wonderful fan servicing. Uh, fan servicing basically at its best. Uh, perhaps thirty some odd years too late for me to truly enjoy it. Um, it. It was fine. I'm not sure how it will be as a show per se, but uh, it was nice to see Boba Fett. Uh, it was nice to have. You know, after spending, you know, 30 odd years wondering how he got out of the Sarlacc pit, uh, finding out how a bit of a disappointment, but as anything would be when you wait 30 plus years for it. So, you know, it was fine. I liked it. Yeah, I'd say pretty much the same. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked that uh, his the specific shot of him getting out of the Sarlacc pit uh, exactly matched Patton Oswalt's explanation of it from, uh, and he got a yeah. writing credit. I'm told <laughs> on the show uh, for that. So that was fun. Um, it was great. I mean, it was fine. Um, I, I think I'm exactly in line with with you, Brian. Um, I don't know how this is going to pan out. There are I have a lot of questions. Uh, you know, how's how does one waltz in and just become the new crime lord when there's just two of you? And oh, okay, you've got some Gamorrean guards. Well, that yeah. makes a difference. You know, like yeah, there you okay. go. Um, yeah. So also, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure of the if the you know late middle-aged kind of chunky bald Boba Fett story is the story I really wanted of Boba Fett. I wanted, you know, young dashing bounty hunter pre 
pre Han Solo Boba Fett story, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. I think it's funny. I was talking with my son, Jack, about this, and, and uh, he was saying that um, a big part of Boba Fett was always how mysterious he was. And mm -hmm. so we're kind of losing that by how much time he spends with his helmet off. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was thinking that really before this, most of what we had from Boba Fett was um, through Robot Chicken. <laughs> That's true. More right, more exposition like, through Robot Chicken than anywhere else. That's for sure. Yeah, if you thought about what is Boba Fett's persona, uh, he had probably the most screen time through Robot Chicken, and and I don't know. believe that's so, canon. Though, you know. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Um, but I, so I enjoyed it. I, I will watch again. Uh, is it as good as The Mandalorian? I don't think so. But, but uh, again, is that it also? It's kind of. The same as the Mandalorian, just with different characters. I mean, you know, it, it is, and yeah. also I think it's worth mentioning or, or reminding ourselves that of all the Star Wars we're getting, these are the Star Wars creators that I am enjoying the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel as though Boba Fett is in good hands with these people. Yes, it's still much better than that last movie or the one before it. Yes, or even the prequels. <laughs> Jason, what did you think? I didn't mind it. Um, I just, I was really bummed about the whole Sarlacc thing. I was really hoping that it wasn't going to be revealed and we could get, you know, some mystery out of it. Like we all talked about, you know, I thought it would be kind of something that was kind of hinted at. Um, that would have been more fun. I thought they were going to tease it more. I thought we would see it at like the end of the season. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just like, oh, they're just they going there. With it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. <laughs> No, we're just going, here we go. We're going to rip off the Band-Aid. Here it is. And I'm just like, ah, that kind of sucked. But I didn't mind it. I mean, I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it. Yep, there we are. So there's our review. <laughs> All right. Do we think the Sarlacc got killed by the explosion no. of Jabba's barge? No. 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 The Sarlacc will slowly di digest you for a thousand years. I think one guy punching his way out through one intestine. No, 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 is, no, no, no. no not, not, in other words, was the Sarlacc already dead? When he got out, because Jabba's barge exploded above it. Nah. I don't think that hurt it. In Return of the Jedi. Nah. No? Okay. Nah. Nah. Okay. It's a Sarlacc. They're made of tougher stuff than that. <laughs> Fair enough. It's no just rancor. Out there. Dying when just a gate <laughs> hits it on the head. Yeah. Jabba's menagerie. All right, guys. Well, I had a couple stories here, but I think we can just cut it for today. <laughs> That's I fine. need a nap. <laughs> J Jason need needs a nap. nap. Our new shorter segments, the Grumpy Old Geeks right. podcast, brought to you in 20-minute bite-sized chunks. Right. Yeah. Brought to you by meat and cheese. Aww. <laughs> well, you take Calmer. care of yourself, Jason. Uh, yeah. Sleep up Please much do. before we talk again. I shall. I shall. Right. Love you, man. Love you guys too, man. Closing shout out. Over at Patreon, we've got Stephen, Jeff, Ms. BGK18, Wing Wong, Val Latelier, Tom, and Kathleen. And over at PayPal, we... Hold on, i got to take a hit of oxygen <laughs> first. Uh, thank you, yeah. everybody, for, for your donations. Uh, we really did appreciate it over the break. Here we go. Dag, Nathaniel, uh, Ramsey, John Andre, Tom, Michelle, Thomas, Lars, Joseph, Gabriel, Matt, Shaleen, Doug, Michael, Simon, Andrew, John, Humphrey, Brady... Michael, Mark, Tom, Judge, Nikolai, Melissa, Charlie, Nicola, Matthew, Jonathan, and Stuart, who says many thanks for the mention in the show, guys. I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. Jason, not so much. 
Not so much. Not so much. And over at Stripe, we've got Anne, Adam, Ashley, Daryl, Ross, Karen, Sean, Mario, Matt, and Roman with a new sub. Woohoo! Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Thank you. And we've got the whales. We love the whales. Whales are these are these are the big donations we got over the break. We got Simon and Vincent and Martin for fifty bucks each. Woohoo! Thank you very much. We got Michael for a hundred bucks and a hundred and twenty bucks for Mariana. So thank you all for the big donations. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> Trust me, I, my medical bills, I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> GOG.show slash donate. Please, pretty please. And uh, speaking of that, shout out to the fucking fantastic staff at Kaiser Permanente here in Woodland Hills in Southern California. They were amazing. They were absolutely amazing for me. And uh, we're recording this at 9.52 a.m. on J- Monday, January 3rd. At this point, two weeks ago, I was uh, being rolled into my room in the stroke unit. that's where i was two weeks ago yes freaking the fuck out yep so it's been it feels it literally feels like it's been two months happy you're still with us easily yeah me too me too big shout out to all of my friends who uh have sent me the well wishes and kept me kind of perked up during this because it's kind of sucked uh it really uh really sucks special shout out to a friend of the show desiree for her emails i appreciate that and uh to you the listeners for sticking around we're sorry we didn't make the uh the end of the year show like we meant to but yeah <laughs> yeah something happened, happened. Something wait, happened. you buried you buried a lead there desiree's around still good i i, I hadn't heard that yeah, she's doing good. She's not on the Discord, but she's uh, when she heard I had a stroke, she reached out. So ah, okay. had some good advice and stuff like that. Excellent. But uh, yeah, I've been sober now for two weeks. I'm <laughs> so sorry. That happened. <laughs> uh, well, it's for good now, apparently. Yeah. And uh, I put in a video here that's pretty interesting called What Happens When You Quit Alcohol? So I am on week two and it goes for about six weeks till all of the, the bad stuff is gone. Hands so. a little shaky? No, okay. no. I actually, it's... It, it, was really here's the thing about having a stroke makes everything really easy to do to kind of stop doing everything else yeah, i suppose it, it does yeah it's kind of we call that a forcing function <laughs> so uh it's, it's not bad it's not bad at all okay so looking forward to getting the rest of my brain back me when too it comes but hey, be less hey, cat down, jokes. <laughs> and i'm down eight well trust me dude there will be a hell of a lot more when i when i get back to you remember what i was like oh god don't you oh yeah i remember <laughs> Boy, oh boy! You thought you, you thought you liked the show before. Just wait. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't recommend the stroke diet, but I am down eight pounds too. Right, Looking good on that. Yeah, baby. All right, man. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister, and I'm Jason DeFilippo. Still. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit gog.show slash donate to help keep us keep the lights on, uh, pay my bills, and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 535. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. Oh, yeah. I, I sound like shit. Everybody sounds like shit, so it's perfect. We all sound like shit today. Okay. <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> it is a shit show. <laughs> Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, shit show edition. <laughs>